I'm so thankful and honored to be here and, and, and they let me, they let me come and preach here and speak to your men and just Pastor Justin, I'm so thankful. And, and I told him after that first service, man, this is an easy place to preach. A lot of places aren't so easy. That don't mean you don't preach and that don't mean you don't keep doing it. You just do. But man, uh, here's what I used to tell people. The Lord told me when I went from coaching into uh, the ministry, man, I had it was culture shock because you're talking to guys in locker rooms that are ready. They're hanging on every word, you know, and if they don't, you just run them till they throw up. I can't do that here. I, I <laughs> but so I had a couple of meetings like that and the crowd's like, you know, you know. And I'm not saying, you know, whatever you, however you feel about that. But I'm telling you, if I took you into the locker rooms, you'd be floored. There's the passion level. Not only that, the pulling is way more there. Isn't that sad? No, there's pullers in church. But faith cometh by hearing. You've got to be taught. You need to know how to, to pull. And the Lord said to me, rain doesn't fall. And I said, uh. So I looked it up and it, I didn't know that. And it's pulled by gravity. If there was no pulling, rain would float around and everything else would die. He said, it's the same way. You want my ladder rain? You want the things of God and, and, and all this? Teach your people how to pull. Teach my people how to pull. Come on. That's right. You got to be a puller. Come on. Amen. My mom is a professional all pro puller. Do you know Billy Brim? you don't Google her, but not now, but she, if, if she can't get to the front row, she's going to get as close as she can get. Now I'm yeah. not saying anything about the back row, but the reason why she don't like it back there is because there's so many distractions. People are getting up and going to the restroom. Why can't they, this is, I'm talking about mom saying this. Why can't they just go before the server? I know there's emergencies and different things and kids and all this, but if they do, then why does everybody have to watch them go to the bathroom? Oh, now I'm talking stuff that pastors really want to say, but I get to leave. All right. Now, so are y'all ready to pull? Like I told you, if you don't know me, I'm Billy's boy. And, and God called me out of the, uh, baseball. I was coaching baseball and professional with the Astros. I had coached in uh, the college level and also in high school, God blessed me. And, uh, 15 minutes before practice, I was seeking God and praying in tongues. And I heard the Lord say, now's the time. And I said, oh, God, how can I preach? All I know how to do is coach. I'll be making people in church run and do push-ups and throw up. And, and I'm just thinking this. And he said, uh, did I not help you train champions? The key word is train. Everybody say train. train. To be a champion, there must be train. training. Not so much entertaining training. And a lot of people, cause you live in, in, in the world we live in, everything's entertaining. We want new and, and more and all that, but training's repetition yes. yeah. in order. I mean, think about it. One of the hardest things to do, and it's been said, it's the hardest thing to do in all of sports is to hit a major league fastball near 90 to hundred miles an hour from 60 feet, six inches. You have no time to, to think the last time you want to, the last thing you want to tell or have that guy is think he has no time to think. He has got to be so drilled, right? With so many repetitions that his muscle memory, he reacts 
That ball even moves. It slides. It drops. It does all kinds of things. But he has to react. He doesn't even know how. You don't want to think. They just react. But that comes from repetitions of just over and over and over and over. Okay? And so that's how we need to get as the body of Christ. We react in faith. You don't even think about it. You react in love. Somebody did you wrong. You just act in love. Doesn't even have to think about it. Oh, I know I need to bless them. And I know that. Well, then we need more training. Right? And it's a good thing. Training's a good thing. So whenever your pastor preaches something again, then you need to high five somebody because you're getting trained. You need to go somewhere. And this is the place, by the way, where they train and repetition. Oh, you don't need to be, oh, I've heard that one before. I want to hear something. No, no, that's not how you get to become a champion. Brother Hagin knew it when he named Rama Rama Bible Training Center. Amen. Training. Amen? Amen? In case you don't know me and you're new and you never heard me and you don't know Billy Brim, let me just give you a, a little story that kind of explains me. Growing up in Oklahoma, uh, you know where that is, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, I have a, you know mom, most of you know mom, Billy Brim, right? And mom was Brother Hagen's editor and helped start Rama and wrote all the books and, and all of that. And ran from the KGB in Russia seven times, was uh, chased by the KGB. Smuggling, smuggling in ink to the underground press so that they could print Bibles. My mom, James Bond. <laughs> no, I don't know if she, no, she didn't fire him. But she had the blood and that was way more powerful. But mama was a mama who walked in love. When she got a hold of that revelation that love never fails. Brother Hagen said, here's what you got to do. After you get saved and you get filled with the Spirit, here's what you got to do. Get an Amplified Bible and go to 1 Corinthians 13. Remember, have you heard Brother Hagen say that? You got to get, and back then, we didn't even know what an Amplified Bible was. And so, uh, and mom got a hold of that and she found something in there and it just changed her life. Took this little, little bitty lady who peeled potatoes. You ever heard her story? And to and God has used her now to where just last week she was I can't tell you the details of it but she was in the White House uh, called upon on certain things so uh, God's used her that way prime ministers different things and and uh, but and, and she's very humble trust me but but everything was love based you did not not walk in love you did she would train you. And it doesn't matter if she did if she just met you and you were going to get ready to say something about somebody and you're going to do it and you even started it out with bless their hearts. <laughs> and you even added some good Christian type stuff to it. She would say what you're about to say is it going to glorify God in any way? Because if it's not then let's do what the Bible says and pray for that person. So you lead us in that prayer. And you kind of didn't really want to lead, pray for that person. Y'all know what I'm talking about? But boy, after it's all said and done, love never fails. So my mama was Miss Walk in Love. If you could walk in love and everything, do it, do it. That's just the way it is. My daddy, on the other hand, a lot of people didn't know, uh, was a Cherokee Indian, half Cherokee Indian, and he was an All-American football player. High school and college, All-State, All-American college. Very intense. You ever seen, he had those Cherokee eyebrows. I got them. Cherokee eyes. You ever seen... Well, if so, dad's in heaven now, but brother Copeland, yeah. Yeah. have you ever seen him? 
That's Cherokee mixed with the Holy Spirit. And if you ain't right, you better back up a couple. So, but they like to, mm, mm, mm. you know, grit their teeth sometimes. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Or, Oral Roberts had it. And uh, it's just a, you know. So, dad was that way. He loved God and everything, but. He, he, and so it was my first year to start in football and at this school and, and we were number one in the state every year and y'all know about Friday night lights and all this. So, uh, he gave me some advice and he came and he said, Chip, when you get out there, he starts gritting his teeth. He's thinking about his glory days. I want you to rip their heads off. <laughs> he, and, and I, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> He said, well, what I'm talking about is you've got to get the first lick in. You've got to pop them. Make them see stars before you do. Be aggressive. Be on the offense. Don't wait. I heard Jerry Savelle say this one time. He said, the devil's been harassing us long enough. It's time we start harassing him. Yes. Come on. I loved that statement. That's a champion statement. Don't wait on him. Harass him. Hey, good morning. I plead the blood of Jesus. Are y'all with me? Get on the offense, man. That's what dad was teaching me. And when you get them down there, he said, stand over them and tell them, you better get comfortable down there because you're going to be down there all night long. He was teaching me to talk trash, which I found out is scriptural. Not to your neighbor, but to your mountain. David, that's trash talking 101. Goliath, I'm going to smite you. I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to feed. That's trash talking right there. So it is scriptural to trash talk your mountain. You trash talk poverty. You get over and say, you get out of this house. Not here. You get out. Sickness, you get out of this body. You ain't staying here. I've been healed. You quote the scriptures. So I'm excited. I got, you know, and, and, and then mom comes and she overhears that. And she comes in and she says, Chip, I heard what your daddy said. And, and she goes through the glory days. Oh, he was so handsome, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and so mom gives me her advice. And she said, now, I know when you get out there and I'm really proud of you, but I want you to walk in love. <laughs> Can you hear the car brakes <laughs> in my brain? The record scratching. I've got this intensity of ripping heads off and then walking in love. I said, Mama, how? She said, well, in all we do, and love never fails, Chip. You know this. I know, Mom, but it's football. And I want to please Mom. I want to please Dad. And she goes, well, you know, I know you have to tackle and do those things. And she goes, but after, you can help them up and tell them that Jesus loves them. <laughs> Shine your light. Maybe a scripture. But before it's over, after two hours, you may lead them to the Lord. That's my, and, and this, this is funny, but mom was serious. In all you do. You can't get by all with mom. Mom, it's football. In all you do. Now, so the game starts up. It's my first time. I was a junior starting at outside linebacker. About 10,000, 10,500 people packed out. Number one versus number two. Boom. Man, you could, the bands, I need to get going on this, okay? All right, so 
And I'm going to say something, but I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it loud enough to where mom and dad can hear it. All right. I'm just a verbal person. And I see my opponent and I've got all this scripture and I'm thinking David and Goliath and I got this love and this intensity in me, but the bands won't stop. The bands are trying to outdo each other and they're getting louder. So I got to go louder than the bands. And so here I go. They break out of the huddle and I ran up to him. I haven't, I didn't rehearse it, nothing. And I screamed from the, I mean, the highest decibel I could scream. And right before I, the first syllable came out, both band directors went. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, are you there? It's too late. (laughs) So I scream to where the whole stadium hears it. The referees even blew the whistle. Thought about throwing a flag. (laughs) No, they did. They talked about it. You can't do that. I couldn't believe what I said. And I ran up to him and I said, I'm going to rip your head off in the name of Jesus. (laughs) I'm thinking, David. My teammates went, what? The referee blows the whistle and says, you can't do that. What is this Jesus? You can't bring hay. They didn't know what to do. The coaches are going, what's going on? Your guy here said he's trying to use Jesus to rip a guy's head off. Hey, Chip, don't do that. But I look up at mom and dad and they're both like. So I just wanted to share that. Are y'all okay? Uh, So if I get intense with you today, remember, I love you. Okay. Years ago, there was an interview and they interviewed Jack Nicholas, all right, about Tiger Woods. This is when Tiger Woods started. This is when he first started. He was breaking records at a, a rate. He was doing things, and he was breaking Jack's records. Jack still has those records. Jack was the greatest, is the greatest. Tiger, Tiger's still chasing that. And they interviewed Jack. But at this time, Tiger was a young man. So they interviewed Jack to find out what was going on with this kid. We'd never seen anything like him. I love this interview because I'm a coach and I've been interviewed like that. And they said, uh, Jack, uh, tell us about Tiger. What do you think of this kid, what he's doing? And he said, this would be like Michael Jordan saying it about somebody new. And he said, I'm not familiar with the level he's playing on. It stunned the interview. that The comeback was, but you're Jack Nicholas." Thank you for reminding me. Okay, back to you, Bob. It was real awkward. The greatest of all time said, I'm not familiar with this. And all of a sudden, it hit in my spirit. It's time for the church to operate on a level the world is not familiar with. Oh, you're not hearing me. Some of you still ain't hearing me. Your spirit man just heard me. Your spirit man was born to hear this. Yeah. I'm talking about not just in the five-fold ministry. I'm talking about in everything. I'm talking about music and business and sports. I'm talking about everything on a level the world is not familiar with. Amen. And we're to arise. Now, first service, we talked about the story of the glory. If you weren't here, get that tape. Do y'all agree with that? Just get that tape. It'll really help you. It's a basic way. 
And what is it about in a nutshell that the father of glory, the Bible calls him the father of glory, uh, sent the Lord of glory. Calls, that's what it, the Bible calls Jesus, the Lord of glory. To lift up the man who had been crowned with glory. This is what the whole Bible is about. It's a story about the glory. Amen. And had fallen from the glory, right? And so he, he, he raised him back up into, back into the glory of his presence. That's what this is all about. So we are saved into the glory. So that's when you get born again, when a person gets born again, the glorification process begins. That's not when everything ends. That's when everything begins. All right. So now what? Well, the Bible says we're to go higher in our glory. In in 2 Corinthians 3.18, we're going to go quickly through these. Uh, And all of us. Uh, with unveiled face because we continue to behold in the word of God as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is a spirit and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of glory. Now, so we are to go from one degree of glory to a higher degree of glory. So when you get born again, you become this container, this vessel and the whole thing. Now, I said this earlier Think about what Satan's plan was when he went into the garden of Eden. And now what do you think he's to do? Steal, kill, and destroy, right? But Adam was still alive when he left. Come on. I've never heard this preached. So in other words, to a coach, you need to figure out what the enemy's plan is. What was his agenda? Well, if it was to kill Adam, Adam lives 940 more years. If it was to split up their marriage, they're still together. Yeah. Come on. What was he after? The glory. If he can't have it, you can't have it. And that's where socialism comes from. That's where the seed of it comes from. Oh, come on, somebody. Are y'all listening to this? Don't make me get political now. But that's where that seed comes from. If I can't have it, you can't have it. But he knew the power of it. He was once an anointed cherub. And so he leaves there and, and, and surely he spiritually died and he one day is going to die and death's going to come. But he was after that glory. That man couldn't don it. Man once donned it. But then man could not endure it anymore. Had to be behind a thick curtain. Had to turn away. That wasn't God's plan the whole time. No, I want him back into my presence. And Satan's thinking, and God all this time has a plan. Didn't have to do anything. He already done it. The Old Testament prophets prophesied about it and had no clue. New gospel writers. Is it that boring? (laughs) The new gospel writers wrote write it. And then, and then, uh, it's so funny because I use cricket as in my jokes. But anyway, but. But then he revealed it to Paul. And then that's what we talked about this morning. The story of the glory. So now what? The Bible says we're to go to higher from one degree to another degree. Jude 1, 20 and 21 in the Amplified. But you, beloved, do what? Build yourselves up. Say, build yourselves up. Which way is that? Up. Okay, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress. We are commanded to progress. Rise like an edifice. Which way? And? So when do you stop? You don't stop. Higher and higher. How? 
I like that because I say your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit are your offense. The next verse is your defense. Everybody say defense. 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 All right, here we go. Guard. The cheerleading now. Guard. And keep yourselves in the love of God. My mom is an all-American, all-pro, Hall of Fame defensive player on guarding the love. Not in my house. Not here. And so we got to get better at guarding. So the Bible tells us to go higher and higher and from one degree. Build yourselves up, make progress. So this one, the Lord told me I hadn't preached this in so long, and I'm so glad to, to preach it again. Some of you may have heard it. But now it connects to this revelation that I've gotten. Years ago, a few years ago, uh, there were some rabbis that had got a hold of mom. Mom has a place on the Sea of Galilee, in case you don't know this. Um, and um, absolutely gorgeous place. The road in front of it is where Jesus actually walked. And um, uh, you see the beautiful Sea of Galilee. And it's a, a place where we bring tours and people and train and train them. And uh, connect them with Israel. Those who bless Israel will be blessed. And, and so that's what we do. And she's done this for years, right? And so rabbis have loved her. She's, she, uh, and, and they just love her. And, and the Jewish people love her. And she's got her degree, you know, in Hebrew and different things. And so anyway, these rabbis came to her. And, and they're, they're, they're led by God. Now, they wouldn't say this, but they were. They said, you've got to teach your people this word. Now that we're talking about the glory and the story of the glory, you got to teach your people about this word. So they sat down, they taught mom about it. Mom says, I got to tell Chip. So she tells me, and man, we get together and we're, we've been telling everybody since. All right. So this um, in heaven was known. This is a divine appointment that you are accountable for this word. Trust me, lock the doors because you're going to be accountable for this word when you get to heaven on judgment day and everything else. Okay, this is powerful. And it's the difference between life and death. Yes. And, and now, when I went to school there in Alpana Kiva in Jerusalem, it was the number one school in all of the world for Hebrew. You had, uh, you know, these scholars teaching you. And uh, what you learn is, in the Hebrew language, is um, one of the things you learn is there's a group of words that are command words. Everybody say command. command. That means they come from the commander. Who's the commander? God. So these, this group of command words that every Hebrew child learns this in the Torah mean the difference between life and death. When you see these words in there, you better pay attention because the options are life or death on your choice. Whoa. Powerful. They're not suggestions. Come on. They are commands. And they're from the commander. What do you mean God would kill you? No, no, no. If a commander, if we were in a real army and, and bombs are going off out there and the commander comes in and he's got all this intel and we're all in our army gear and we got our guns and man, we've just been in battle and we're getting ready to go to battle again. And he comes in and he gives us a command and you sit there and go, well, I'm not doing it that way. What probably is going to happen to you? You got a really high chance of dying. Now, does the commander want you to die? No. No. So do you understand the heart of this thing? Okay? So it's uh to so what was the word that they taught? The word they said you gotta tell your people that it doesn't mean what they think it means. It doesn't mean what they think it means. Is arise. Everybody say arise. arise. The Hebrew word is kum, female uh, kumi. Remember Talitha Kumi? Mm-hmm. 
when Jesus said that? So that was a rise from death to life. Okay? Now, kum, when God says it, is a, it's not a noun or a verb. And it's not a suggestion, it's a command word. All right? And it means, here's what they said. Mom wrote this down as they said it. And here's what the rabbi, I'm quoting the rabbis. This doesn't sound like a rabbi, what I'm about to say. But she goes, well, what does it mean? And, and they said, get yourself to a higher level. No, 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 I'm sorry. First things first, get yourself to a higher level. Now, we just read about arising, or we just read about going higher, right? We just read about going higher degrees of glory. We read about building yourselves up like an edifice, going higher, progressing. And it's a command to go higher. Are y'all getting this? A command to go higher. We are in the army of the Lord and our commander is commanding us to go higher. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. And the alternative is death. Death in what? It could be in finance. It could be spirit. It could be all kinds. Death in everything. Whatever it is. But the, but, but the good news is, is life. Amen. And so we, there's about 10 to 12 times that God says it. And let me go over a few of them and then we'll get right into this and, and, and wrap it all up. It won't be that long. All right. So, but just give me your attention that, that I have you right now. So one of the first places is Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Right? Does anybody remember the very next word? You could probably guess. Arise. Now, come on. Now, we pass over that thing. We preach that. We pass over that thing. But now that you're Hebrew students, what was just said from the commander? He commanded him. Was it a suggestion to Joshua? But it means the difference between what? Life or death. And here Joshua is going into this unknown, never led. They're going to have to fight a war. They never did that under Moses. They were led by the staff. He's going to have to fight. There's going to be some bloodshed. I don't need any weak or cowardly on my squad. Are y'all with me? And he says, arise. First things first, get yourself to a higher level. Man, now I'm talking Old Testament. We're going to get into New Testament here. And what does that mean? But I believe it means arising in the glory. Commanded to rise in the glory. Amen. From one degree to another degree. How? In the word of God. As looking in a mirror. When you're in that word, you're arising. Arise in your love walk. Guard that love with everything you got. You're arising right there. All right. Now that means life and more abundantly. So Joshua could have heard it two ways. Oh gosh, I really have. Oh, I might die. Right. Or we can win this thing. Are y'all with me? Whatever you're going through, we can win this thing. Life or death. So what's the attitude behind it? So he tells that to Joshua. And and so we know he, he says it many times in the Bible. And, and how many want to hear God more, more clearer, right? Who does it? My goodness. I want to hear him like mom hears him. She can come out of the restroom. I'm just saying. Have you been around somebody who has that communication with God? Man, I was around Brother Hagen. Golly. 
He just have conversations in the spirit. And then he would tell me what it was. What he said. Yeah, we just talked. Man, I want conversations like that. Okay, well, look at Ezekiel 3, 22 and 23. And the hand of the Lord was there upon me. And he said, now, let's, let's get something straight before we go any further. Don't go in the Bible and find everywhere where Arise is and then preach this. Because it has to come from the commander. It doesn't mean the same thing when you and I say it to somebody. If I said Arise to him, he would stand up probably. Right? But it doesn't mean stand up when God says it. Very powerful command. And life and death are hanging on it. And the hand, so we, you always find out who's speaking. That was a Brother Hagin rule. If you're going to study the Bible, rightly divide the word, right? You got to write, if you can rightly divide the word, you can also wrongly divide the word. Yeah. That's what a lot of arguments are in Christians. They are wrongly divided the word. They don't know who's speaking and who they're speaking to. There's three groups of people. Are they speaking to the Jews, the nations, or the church? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And who's speaking? So we know what? And the hand of the Lord was there upon me. And he said, okay, God's speaking. All right. And he said what? All right, Hebrew students, what's that mean? First things first. Go forth into the plain and I will there talk with thee. Now notice, no, stay there. Go back, stay there. And I will there talk with you. Has anybody? Yes. Think about this. Oh, no, I'm good. Just tell me now. God can't tell you things. Oh, I'm coming over here. God can't tell you things at the level that you're at. You raise your hand. I want to hear from God. You better believe I want to hear from God. Are y'all with me? But he can't tell you things at the level that you're at. It would affect your faith. It would affect everything. It would blow everything up. You wouldn't have any faith for it. But as we arise... Are you with me? Brother Copeland used to say this. Man, he asked God, how's my ministry going to be in 40 years? He goes, I ain't going to tell you. And then he tells him later. People are going to watch you on a phone from Baghdad or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, he wouldn't have had the faith. But he said, well, why don't you tell me now? No, I'll there talk with you. But when does he got, what does he got to go do? Arise. He's got to go to a place. Now, in the Hebrew Words are hidden in other words. For instance, let me give you a lesson. The Hebrew word for light is or. Everybody say or. or. Now you need to say it because you got to hear it. The Jews, when they teach you, if you don't participate, you're out that class. That's good. Come on. You are out of that class. Period. And they are very, if you can see it, you can be it. They. That's why... God, Abram, look at the stars. You've got to see this. Look at this. Look at the birds. You ever heard these teaching? Look, 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 look. Oh, if you can see it, you can. I see it. Y'all see what I'm talking about? Everybody say, or. Or. Okay. I'm coaching you a little bit. Is that all right? Now, tell me if you can hear that word you just said, light, in these other words. Menorah. Is that hard for you? Is ore in there? Is there light on the menorah? Okay. Torah. Are y'all? <laughs> it's the light that guides you. Y'all seeing that? 
Everybody say kum. Kum. That's that rise. Kum. That's that command. Now listen to this word. Hamakum. Have you heard that? Uh, What do you hear in there? Arise, don't you? You know what hamakum means in, in Hebrew? A place. A place to what? Arise. When we bring tours over to, uh, and Christians over there, a lot of them will ask them, the Jews will ask them, where's your hamakum? And they'll go, I don't know what you're talking about. Chip, come here. Or mom, or whatever. And they're asking, where if you're a Christian, because they hear about Christians. And they have different opinions about Christians. There's a bad history of Christians, as far as the Jews are concerned. And so, they... Okay, so if you're godly people, where's your hamakum? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're asking you, where's your place? Oh, I go to church at... No, uh, no, 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 no. Where is your place that you go? It's you and him only. It's, it's only you and him and you're praising and rejoicing. And you're spinning. Not just praise and worship on Sunday morning. Where are you praise and worshiping? With him. And no other eyes on you. That's what you call a rising. And that's where God will talk to you. Because you're going higher. Are you with me? And that means life. Because God's ways are life. Right? Not death. So, then I'll talk with thee. So, next verse, we know what he does. He arose. And then he went forth into the plain, and behold, what was there? <laughs> the what? Glory. The glory of the Lord was there upon him. I don't know about you, but we're the glorious church, and I'm ready to rise and connect and go from one degree of glory. Oh, come on, somebody. What was waiting on him? The glory of the Lord. What? Another degree of glory. What is this all about? The story of the glory. God's whole plan was to Adam, I'm dawning you and crowning you with glory. Yes. And then he sinned and fell short of it. But then the Lord of glory was sent by the Father of glory to get us back into the glorification. Amen. Amen. So you're born again. You're a vessel. You're specially designed to contain that glory. But you can't get it all at once. It'd kill you. So we go from degrees to degrees to degrees. And the enemy thinks, now he's out to steal, kill, and destroy. What? The glory. Not so much about your stuff. That's collateral damage. Your collateral damage. He don't care if you live 120 years. He didn't care if Adam lived 940 years or 10,000 years. All he got what he was after. Has he got yours? What degree are you at? Because we're supposed to be shining. It's a command. And it's life or death because if we're not, then death means the enemy can come in and steal, kill, and destroy. Right? Okay, are y'all getting this or not? Very important. So Chip, where does it say, where does it talk about us? So let's go to Isaiah 60. I'm going to show you where it talks about us. Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise and shine. But we don't know who's talking, so we've got to do the right thing. Back up a verse. Isaiah 59, 21. Okay? We don't know who's talking. As for me, this is my covenant with them, saith who? Who's speaking? And he's talking what? Covenant. There's three groups of people in the Bible, the Jews, the nations, and the church. He has covenant with two of the three, the Jews and the church. We're in which group? The church. 
Okay, so he's talking covenant. He ends this with forever. Then he's talking about us. My spirit is upon thee, and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth or out of the mouth of your children, your seed, or your children's children, forever. Everybody say forever. So forever. He's talking about today. Everybody I'm in covenant with. So this verse is parallel. Are you with me? It is a parallel verse, meaning everybody in covenant, this is your command. What's the next word? Everybody say it again. Everybody who's in covenant with God, raise your hand. Then you just got a command. You don't want to do it? You're too busy? You're too busy? You're too un- you're occupied with something else? Come on, we're in the army here. This is life or death. You think commanders are going to baby you? Anybody been in the military? You know what I'm talking about. You know, boot camp. Y'all know what training is like in sports, huh? Training camp. You think they're going to baby you? No, they want to toughen you up, man. They want to get... Come on, this is what it's all about. Arise and shine. When you arise, you're going to shine. And there's a purpose for that shining. There's a purpose. Why? So that the lost... God so loved the world. We're trying to get them with tracks. There's nothing wrong with that. But try shining and see what happens. And they'll go, what is this about you? And they'll run. They'll run to the glory. And that was the whole plan in the beginning. The plan wasn't tracks. Tracks are okay. Don't get, don't get all upended about it. Are you all with me? But that wasn't the plan. The plan wasn't we can get them with more car decals. Hey, we do them at our church. We can get them by, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. <clears throat> you know what the original plan was? Yeah. The glory. Yeah. Moses says, that's yeah. what sets yeah. us apart. Yeah. Yeah. That's what sets us apart. Right. <clears throat> he said, show us your glory. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So, <clears throat> where does it say it to us? Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and what? Glory. Isn't that interesting? Remember Ezekiel? He arose, and what was there? And arise, when you arise, the glory is arise. <clears throat> and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Upon who? Upon those who arise. Maybe you're the guy, and this is the coach in me that's in the back of the bus. You're in the back of the room, locker room, and you're like, Chip, I don't know who you are. I don't know who your mama is, your daddy. I don't even know if he played football. I don't even know, you know, I mean, this all sounds good. Well, if that's the case, I still want to coach you and I still want to show you that this revelation is true. That's the coach in me. I don't want to go, oh, well, then forget you. No, I want you. I want that one who's just teetering there. All right? If this is what you think it is, arise means what? Let me get a drink of water. If you, uh, other words, if you don't believe it, then you think arise means what? Get up. Right. right? Okay. So we go through the translations. <clears throat> and if the translation, and the best one that showed it was Amplified. And Amplified, don't say it, don't put it there yet, but get ready for Amplified on 60 verse 1. Man, something's in the back of my throat. I'm just going to drink and preach. 
for you that are listening to this on C- CD, that's water. Um, all right, so let's see what the Amplified says. Go there. Arise. Watch this, guys. From the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you, that bracket is telling you that this arise doesn't mean that. <clears throat> Rise to a new life. Are y'all getting this? Life, not death. Where prostration has kept you, rise to a new life. It's dangerous to stay there at that level. Are y'all getting this? From the depression and prostration in which circumstances have kept you. The enemy's trying to keep you there. Keep you from what? Rising. But you're commanded to arise. In your love, in your glory, in your, in your faith. From one degree of faith to another degree of faith. Glory to glory. Amen. Very dangerous place to stay there and not arise. Get comfortable and not arise. There are, I think, 12 people that he commanded, including Israel. And we know of who? Ezekiel and Joshua. How about Jacob, Elijah, Jeremiah, and David? All right? So you're in good company. He commanded them to arise. Now, but the only one who said no. So maybe you're this person and you're like, okay, well, I don't know. You're still teetering. Well, if you walk out of here after getting this command and you choose to not arise, God still loves you. Still going to heaven. Might get there a little quicker. Because the enemy is going to have full access. Are y'all with me? He has no access when you're arising in that glory. Zero access. He has to flee. He has to flee. All right? So, the only one, here's your, cho- your poster child. This is your hero if you choose not to. Jonah. Does anybody know the story of Jonah? Do you realize that Jonah... Has never been taught right in Sunday school or vacation Bible school. It's never been taught right. I go to a church in Perth, Australia, and there is a, uh, a museum, and there was a man who was swallowed by a whale for two days and lived. And it says over the booth, the real live Jonah. I'm like, <clears throat> the real live one? What was the other one? Was that a cartoon? You know what I mean? No, it really happened. So we know the story of Jonah, right? So let's go to it. Go to Jonah chapter 1. <clears throat> Arise and go. Uh, give me one. Can you go one or would that you have to hold, load a whole thing up? Or can you just click back to one? Oh, good. Now the word of the Lord came. Because we want to know who's talking. See, that's why I want to go back. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the son of whatever his dad's name is. Not important. Saying. <laughs> what did he tell Jonah? Everybody say it. Okay. Now tell me, Hebrew students, what's that mean? First things first, get yourself to a higher level. In other words, there's a place I I want you to go. I want you to get higher in your faith. I want you to get higher in your love. You get to. You don't have to. You get to. I've got an assignment for you. But you're going to have to arise. You get to. Arise. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now, you're going to have to arise where you go there. Click. But Jonah rose up to flee into Tarshish from what? 
You want to know another word from the, the presence of the Lord? The glory of the Lord. And he fled from the glory, from the presence, and he went his way. Because I'm going to tell you right now why he did it. And every one of you are battling the same thing. Don't look so holy out there. The reason why he did it was because of feelings of inadequacy. Who am I? That is what the enemy wants you to think. That is what affects the glory. And the first low level devil that comes is the feeling of inadequacy. He has no power. He'll lie to you. You ain't nothing. You haven't been to Bible school. Who are you? You know, you can't preach it. You can't do that. You, you're too old. You're too young. You're too whatever. Short. That's where I'm stopping. Y'all with me? Feelings of inadequacy. So you're telling me some of y'all have never dealt with them. Oh, let's get the lie detector test out. You've never dealt with them. Then don't get called into the five-fold ministry. Because they'll come all over you. They used to call him the red-faced preacher. But anyway, it's, it was... Brother Copeland told me, oh yeah, they come on me. I go, you? You. The boldest man I've ever seen preach. You. He goes, oh, they come on me every time. But I know how to deal with them. You got to get, you got to know how to deal with them. You got to know your authority and get them out of there. So feelings of inadequacy come on him because he feels like, how can I do this? I'm alone. They came on, they came on um, Moses. I can't speak. I stutter. I can't. They came on a lot of people. They'll come on you. And I'm telling you, it's the first assignment from Satan to stop the glory. Feelings of inadequacy. They came on Jonah. They make you feel like you're alone. David got a hold of that. I'm not alone. He helped me with the bear. He helped me with the lion. He's telling Saul, I ain't alone. And he'll help me with this giant. Right? And what's the last thing Saul said to him? Go, because you ain't alone. Your Lord is with you. We're all alone, but you ain't. So, anyway. um, Feelings of inadequacy. So he flees from the plan, the glory. He's on his own. He's on his own. And what happens? Y'all know the story. I mean, he's trying to jump over and it ain't getting any better. And some of y'all, it, it will not get better. And you're fleeing and you're on your own and you've been lied to and you've listened to him. You're not alone. You're not alone. God is with you. But that chip, I don't know the plan. God does. And it's a good thing you don't. You might mess it up. But I don't have a sermon. I know God's got one. Come on. It's way better. That's right. Are y'all with me? Yeah. You don't you do know it's in you, but he'll reveal it to you. Yeah. But these are probably things he was talking about. How can I go to that evil city? How can I preach to it? How can I I can't I can't no. But he knew that word arise. Nobody's ever preached that word. He was commanded. Hey, I don't want you to die. Did he almost die? So he ends up in the belly of this well, 
And for three days, and he's in a different place than he was. Let's just act like this is the well. So the first day, he's in there three days. Well, the third day, it says he's wrapped up in seaweed. So he must be traveling down this well. Right? Do I need to make it more clear? It's getting smellier and smellier. And he's getting ready to exit this well one way or the other. What a way to go. How'd your dad die? Oh. Funny story. Actually, fertilize the ocean. No, but <laughs> that's terrible. It's terrible. That's what's happening to him. And some of y'all, y'all feel the same way. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. And then he does what? Let's go to, um, he's got to do something. Because I loved how Brother Hagin said this. With God, it's like a chess match. It, it's a game of moves. You move, he moves. You move, he moves. You move, he moves. He moves. What moves him? Faith. So what does he want you to do? Arise in your faith. Arise in your faith. How does faith come? By hearing. By training. Hearing, 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 hearing. Are you with me? Arise. I don't have time. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, so what happens? He gets in there and, and he does what? Let's go to Jonah 2, 9. I think it is. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. So he gives the voice of thanksgiving. He realizes, man, this ain't working. And he just starts thanking God. And he pays that what he had vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Click. And the Lord spoke unto the fish. He was waiting on that. The blessing was waiting on that. Everything was waiting on that. Because he's got a plan. He's got a plan for you. The eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro. And he's just waiting for you to give him something to grab a hold of. Yeah. Just something. And he'll spit you out of that situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll spit you out of that. Come on. Come on now. Oh, no, I've been addicted. He'll spit you out of that thing. He'll do it. But you've got to just commit to him. Make a move. Make a move. Move in faith. And he spoke to that fish and vomited out Jonah. Oh, boom. Can you imagine the smell? Can you imagine the fly? He's got all kinds of smell. Vomit and the other stuff. And, whew. and before Jonah could even go, watch this. I want you, your Hebrew students, I want you to read it with your own eyes. Click. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. Don't, don't click it. Don't click it. Don't make me come back there. I will jump walls. I'm just kidding. She's been great. Has she been great? And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the what? Okay, let me translate that for you in good old Texas talk. I done told you once, boy. Y'all ever heard that before? Oh, come on now. You've heard that before. I remember when I broke that lamp of mom's, that antique lamp throwing football in the house. I done told you once. So he says, now I, the second time, so he's going to repeat what the answer is. And if you would have done it in the first place, you would have never ended up in the situation you're in right now. Are y'all getting this? What did he say? And the second time. (laughs) 
First things first. I told you the first thing. But his mind was, I can't. It don't matter what. I've got your sermon. I'll open the doors. I've got your plan. I've got your back. I got David's. I got yours. I'm not a respecter of persons. And then I want you to go after you arise and then go to that great city and preach into it the preaching that I what? Bid thee. Okay, bid thee. Where is that? It flipped for some reason. It disappeared on me. Bid thee. All right, give me that verse in the Amplified. I don't think some of you got it. Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and preach and cry out to it the preaching that I what? That he what? So that means he hasn't, he hasn't told him. Why? Because he hasn't, he hasn't rose, right? I'm all passionate about this, and now I see the connection with the glory, because it's all about the glory. Because of my father and the enemy taking him at 49 years old. He should be with me right now. I know he's in heaven, he's better off. But he had a ministry. But he had those same feelings of inadequacy. He would often say to my mom, we didn't hear this until after the funeral, who am I? She would hear it in his prayers at night. But God, who am I? I'm just a pipe fitter. I'm a welder. I'm a dad. Who am I? We would, as kids, hear things like, I only know a few verses. But man, did we know that there was a healing anointing on him. We never, all four of us, my brother was a PBR uh, bull rider. There's a lot of injuries to bull riders. I played football and baseball and basketball, and my sister did too, and then there was Shelly. Now, <laughs> she doesn't know what a locker room is. Really? There's a locker Yeah. Okay. Now, we love Shelly. Shelly's a singer, drama, that type of deal. But us other three, we're always injuries. We never went to a doctor, not once. Well, you got mom pleading the blood and everything else. But injuries would happen, and daddy would put those hands on We just wait for daddy. Daddy was the doctor. When those daddy's hands got on me, we were healed. But daddy didn't want to go out. Richard Roberts, Oral Roberts, there was other guys who knew about this. They'd heard about it. People were, they'd send them there. He didn't want to go out. Who am I? Billy's the preacher. And so he was running from the presence of the Lord. He wasn't arising. I didn't know. So he's at 49. There's the, the body. And we're having the service, and it's the only funeral service we know of that Kenneth Hagin did. He just didn't do it. The Lord told him to do this one. So I'm sitting there on this side, huge. Everybody's there. Think about it. That knows mom, brother Hagin. I'm sitting there, and then my family and mama's here, and brother Hagin's doing the funeral. I'm at the very end of this. I'm at the very end of this. Brother Hagin starts going, Kent was this, and blah, 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 and doing the funeral. And all of a sudden, the anointing comes on him, and he begins to preach, finishing your race. I start burning. I'm burning up. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. I just burn it. I felt like I couldn't. <clears throat> Man, I'm burning up. I thought I was sick, like a fever. And so I elbowed mom and I said, Mom, I think I'm, I think I'm, I'm sick. I can't really talk. I don't know what it is. And she's like, shh. <laughs> and I told her, I told you. He's an all Hall of Fame puller. And he just left that funeral service and went into the anointing and preaching. And he walks opposite of where we're at. 
and he's just preaching. Gets over here, starts twiddling his thumbs, and he's preaching. We have it on tape. We didn't video. It was on tape. 1986. And I'm burning up. And then all of a sudden, I know why. He's got a word from the Lord for me. But I've never wanted words. you got to understand me. I ran, 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 ran. I didn't want words. I didn't want people reading my mail. When that started happening, I was out the door. The church doors were like this. <laughs> They'd go, where's Chipper? Oh, I don't know. And Mama would go, oh, God's got a word for you. I don't want a word. Because I wasn't arising. Feelings of inadequacy. Are you with me? Uh-uh. How could God use me? But God needs you for the glory to shine. He's got the, he's got the equipment. He's got the provisions. I know, but I don't have any money. Hush, it doesn't matter. I know, but nobody's ever graduated school. Nobody's ever, it doesn't matter. He's got all that covered. All he needs you is to be willing and obedient. Amen? Just come on. I, I've done told you the first time now, girl or boy. I'm going to tell you again. So, <clears throat> I knew he had a word for me, so I go, Mama. And I'm thinking, Mama's going to go, oh, hallelujah. My boy finally wants a word. I th- that's how I thought she was going to react. And I go, Mama, he's got a word for me. Mama, Brother Hank has got a word for me at my dad's funeral. She goes, shh. I believe he's got a word for me. I thought, only time I ever wanted a word. Mama's going to steal my word. <laughs> And she can pull it and steal it. But if he would only turn around and look, he would see probably angels going, him, not her. But him. But he won't turn around. So he won't turn around. Well, when you can't breathe, I don't care who he is. When you can't breathe, you'll do things that you didn't think you'd ever do. So I stood up to tell him he's missing God at my dad's funeral. Now, you got to remember, this place is filled with Rhema students. And administration and all of them. And I'm standing up to tell him, but I can't talk. I knew I was going to tell him, you're missing God. This, I don't care if you're prophet and this. And I was getting ready. I, I, can't, I can't breathe. And my brother's wrestling me down. Well, there are, there are pastors. Jerry probably was there. Savelle, Dr. Savelle. And they saw this happen. And they, and they hear my testimony later and go, we saw you get up and do that and your brother doing all that. And I said, what did y'all think? And they said, we passed the word around. There's a demon and Chip cast it out of him. <laughs> so everybody's casting demons out of me. If he would just turn around, he would see it. But he doesn't do it. And I sat back down. And I guess they're going to have to wheel in another casket because I... And all of a sudden, he did this. He starts, he can't speak anymore. It gets, bleh. his tongue swelled up, like, blah, yeah, bleh. He's trying to say words, and he can't. It just goes on. He walks back this way, and it seemed like it was about five more minutes, and then he breaks into tongues. And he turns his back. He's having a conversation with God. You can tell it's a conversation. And then he ends it with, Lord, you want me to tell him that now? That's what he said. That was the first English words that came out. 
And uh, evidently the Lord, yeah, you better tell him now. There's no telling what he'll do. But anyway. <laughs> so, because <laughs> he was thinking, I can tell him after the service. I can wrap this up and we, I can tell him in privacy. And he came back down and he walked down those steps and he walked towards us and he said, the, the Lord has a word for Chipper. He called me Chipper. And I wanted to go, told you, Mom, but I didn't. <laughs> Walked in love. So I stood up, and then the very next words that came out of his mouth, I didn't hear Brother Hagin's voice, very distinct voice. I heard the voice of God as a young man. And I heard the Lord say, your father had a race that wasn't finished. Now, remember, that's what God had him preaching on when he walked over there, finishing your race. He had a race that was never finished, a ministry that was never completed. And it was all because of feelings of inadequacy. The same little low-level devils that came on Jonah came on your dad, and it opened up a door. And so here I don't have a dad. I'm 23 years old. I know there's sadder stories, but I, did, I was hurting we were so close. I don't want anybody else's dad to die. I don't want you to die at 49. I don't want, that's too young. We got things to do. And with the glory of God, you can go save Nineveh. One person. Amen? And so I'm sitting there and he says, but now that anointing that was on him is on you. And I could breathe when he said that. It was a trans, trans, uh, what's the word? Transition, trans, uh, yeah, transformation. It just came over right there. And I could breathe. He said, now, if you finish your race, if, if you arise, you'll be blessed and you will have long life. The blessings of God. Now, every head bowed and every eye closed. Brother Chip, I know exactly what those feelings are like. I've experienced them now. And I don't want to die. I want to live. I want to do what God's called. I've, God's got a plan for me. And that's what I want. I want to go higher. Will he help you? Yes. But he needs you to make a move. You move. He'll move. And if you want to make that move right now, come on up to the altar and I'll lay hands and agree with you. And that anointing will break and destroy that yoke. Praise God. I mean, if you felt that and you said, I've got that same thing, get up here. Don't even wait. Praise God. And this is all about the glory. And it's all about going higher. When I lay hands on you, I don't know if anything will be said. I don't think anything done. It doesn't matter what we feel or see. I tell you what's going to happen you're going to go into a higher degree of glory. Fear is going to break. Those chains are going to break. You're not going to be bound. I bind it when I lay hands on you and my faith with your faith. When any two agree, there you are. And Lord, I believe it with all my heart. And so I expect it as I just go and lay hands on them. In Jesus' name. Do you believe that? Praise God. Well, you're making the right move. And some of you don't even realize it, but you're, you're going from the, the, the grips of death to life. <laughs> and God has the abundant life. That's why he came in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. So just be ready.
When I come, thank you, Father, for life, not death. 